San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good buddy. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB, you can hear us on any device. And all these podcasts are commercial-free on iowamoney.com and also on uh, iTunes. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinary. He's an accomplished marathon runner. He's a best-selling author and philanthropist and a family office expert advising several high-net-worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm catching my breath, Joe. It's been a, <laughs> been a busy week. Opening opening day at Del Mar Racetrack on Friday, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game on Tuesday night. Wasn't that something? Boy, oh boy. I, you know what, though? The Home Run Derby, I think, uh, I know you weren't able to go. Yeah, I gave my tickets to your friends. That's right. Do they but, enjoy it? Yes. Good. And uh, from what I was able to see, that is, they've really got it down to a science. Do uh, you know the format now? You get four minutes to hit as many home right, runs. Right, it's as time. So, so, a guy can't take, well, he can take 50 pitches if he wants to, yeah. but he's not going to hit any home runs. Yeah, and there's a, but you see home runs hit uh, farther than you're ever going to see in a regular game because obviously they're grooving the, the ball so they can hit it in their sweet spot. Well, I believe spot, the baseball is a little bit condensed, too. I don't Really? It's not the same kind of baseball? I think it's a little bit condensed. Oh. It's just my theory. I don't I, know. Oh, i got to look that up. Well, I'm going to tell you. Look that, it up. They, I mean, some balls are hit on top of the Western Metal Building, yeah. uh, out of the park, uh, off the National University sign, and... Um, it was just a lot of fun, and, and they really they keep the music going. There's a DJ out in right field, and uh, it, it's terrific. But, but George Mitrovich's City Club event was great, too, Tuesday at lunch. Yeah, tell me a little about that. Dick Enberg, uh-huh. Tim Kirkchen from ESPN, Sandy mm-hmm. Alderson, mm-hmm. Sandy Alderson, the mm-hmm. general manager of the Mets, did a panel with George mm-hmm. asking the questions. Mm-hmm. Topic was baseball and America, because after all, it's the American game. Yeah. But Enberg is always amazing, as you know. He's been a guest on this show. And, of course, hyper-militarized, too. We've got the Blue, the blue Angels fly over and, uh, mm-hmm. and blow out your eardrums. And, uh, you yeah, know. the big flag on the field, yeah. all the military I, folks. I wonder if the Pentagon pays, pays for that, a little advertising. I'm not sure. Where, where were your seats? <laughs> Where'd you sit? Uh, I sat uh, above third base on that side, like in the, in the first deck up over there. Uh, okay. And, we were in um, the little porch in right field, right in the front row. Yeah, and getting some nice sunshine, too. So It was hot for about the first hour then it cooled down real nice yeah but uh anyway well what a classic uh, game it only happens every 25 years or so do we know when the next one's going to be in san diego well, they rotate so it may not be for another 30 years i mean yeah. the last one we had here was in 92 which Correct. was 24 years ago yeah so i thought 24 25 anyway mm-hmm. um uh, and of course the al won again as always and they won the last i guess the last four and i was looked it up uh, I, gee, I wonder if the home of course you know the, the winner of the all-star game uh, that league will get home field advantage for the world series final which both dick enberg and i hate uh, <laughs> well it does make the game mean something uh, a and b i looked it up and apparently uh, since 2000 the al and nl are, are eight and eight so i don't know if uh, it's and the giants have won a, a few you know uh, as the road team so anyway, um, hey, we've got an important guest tonight, though. Uh, and as a leader, though, this Pokemon Go thing has been happening. Have you been following I this? I do up? not know Pokemon Go. All right, Go. so all these what, kids. What I was mentioning, I did meet Pikachu when I was in San Jose recently. Oh, okay, well, I'm not, who, I'm not so sure who <laughs> Pikachu is. Anyway, I guess it's some new app that uh, the kids are playing. And it's kind of rediscovering Pokemon, who they grew up in. I'm going to ask our guest a little bit about this, too. So, But, but uh, we have with us in studio. Sure, not- my, my three kids are 25. 
24 and 20. Yeah. And I had my field of Pokemon. Yeah. All I'm going <laughs> to well, say. Well, guess what? It's back. <laughs> In any case, we... Um, uh, we have a CEO from a high-tech firm uh, in town here, and actually she services uh, the, the hospitality industry all in, in, in Las Vegas and in several places in the world. And um, taking the world by storm, I guess, I guess she started this firm in, in 09, but uh, without further delay, I'd like to welcome to the show Samantha Urban. Samantha, welcome. Thank you so much, Joe. Yeah, it's terrific to have you Happy here. Happy to be here. <laughs> Well, your career, I mean, there are not that many women CEOs in, of high-tech firms, or maybe there's more than we know these days, but um, of any firm, I mean, not too many women CEOs, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you think about it in colleges, you know, even back in the day when I went, you know, you're going to be one of very few uh, females in computer science classes anyway. Yeah. And I was going to ask, were you an engineering or computer it, science major, it, I'm assuming? I was, yeah, yeah. yeah computer so, science degree. So let's start with your, your education and career uh, and how it led to your career because uh, obviously that's important. So grew up where, East Coast or? Grew up West Coast. West Coast. Yeah, so even as a young kid, saved up all my money. At 10 years old, I bought my first computer back in the early 90s. So, really? You yeah. were enamored with... Uh, you were enamored with computers right for, as a youngster, huh? Way back when. I was oh. fortunate to go to school in California, and in grade school, even in kindergarten and first grade, they put us in front of computers. Isn't that something? What, what town or what district? Uh, up in Ventura County. Sure, okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, the old Max, you know, it was even, you know, just mathematical games, and uh -huh. then I gravitated towards that. I was like, what is this? I love this. So were you good in math also as a youngster? And, yep. Ah, okay. Because, um, you know, the STEM subjects... Um, I don't know what how it is with the genders. I mean, uh, are you studying this at all, Richard? Uh, you know, we, we want more women to get into science, technology, right? And um, I, I don't well, know. Well, I know my girls are really good with math. I know, but I mean, as far as high but in tech. in general, I don't know. Getting into a high tech career like Samantha here and, and you know, becoming a. Be well, certainly it's been a male dominated field, yeah. which is a little bit unfortunate in my yeah. humble opinion. Yeah. As the father of two daughters. <laughs> <laughs> But everything's changing now, and um, hey, we even had a female in the White House, so who knows? It's, it's, looking, it's looking like a very real possibility. Yeah, it, uh, I think it's shifting. You know, I speak yeah. at a lot of different universities and high schools uh, mm -hmm. for tech, and, you know, I'm seeing the different crowds actually becoming more and more women. Mm -hmm. um, in October, I was over at Sony. They had a wonderful thing for um, the Women's Hackathon. So mm -hmm. Sony sponsored the after party, mm -hmm. and, you know, we had a couple women uh, panelists speak, and the whole thing was, you know, what's going on with women and, and technology and how is it growing? And mm -hmm. we had probably about 70 to 80, you know, college students in the in the crowd, and it was all female, huh. uh, just asking questions about how do we, how do we make it in this yeah. male-dominated world? and just kind of inspiring them and letting them know that you have to realize that everybody's a human being, we're all the same, and just value yourself, and you can be a software engineer, and you can turn into a CEO like I did, you know? Yeah. Just have to follow your passion and your heart. So let's see, Ventura, tell, give us your high school, college, and and, and, and what, any advanced degree, uh, how did that work, how did that work out? Sure, so uh, like I said, I grew up in Southern California, and then I eventually moved to the East Coast with my family, mm -hmm. so I did high school over there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then throughout high school, I always knew I was going to be doing something in computers. Mm -hmm. So by the time I was uh, done with, you know, graduating and going for my degree, uh, I applied, of course, to California schools, wanted to get back to the West Coast because mm -hmm. it's beautiful here, as we know. Mm -hmm. And uh, did a computer science and also a multimedia degree, which back then uh, my passion was also, um, you know, I'm left brain, right brain, mm -hmm. uh, 3D animation. Ah. So that was actually the first time that university ever had somebody from computer science go over to 3D animation. They said, this is wonderful uh, because if you know 3D animation, you need to understand scripting, mm. which is basically coding. And, so, and where'd you do all this work? Is that was at California Lutheran University. Gotcha. 
Yep, that Hank, was my Hank, uh, our Hank, good friend Hank Bauer's Hank, alma mater. That's right, Hank nice. Bauer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then uh, eventually going back to the East Coast, it's definitely more cost effective when your family's out there. So I mm-hmm. went to uh, New York Institute of Technology, NYIT, for a while, mm-hmm. and then uh, came back to New Jersey where my family is and went to Rutgers University, and that's where I finished up. Mm-hmm. So that was a, my comp sci degree. Yeah. And then at that time, you know, early 2000s, I was looking at different places to apply to, and Amazon.com was up and coming. Um, so I applied there. Also the U.S. Patent Office, uh, BlackRock, the big investment firm, sure. and interviewed with all those guys. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they all gave me different job offers, and it was basically, you know, my choice of where did I want to bring my career. Um, and with the Patent Office, they offered me something that, you know, was very um, amazing at the age of 23, a great salary package and mm-hmm. uh, a good plan of being able to grow. So I decided, you know what, let's go for it. This is an opportunity that would be wonderful for my resume and, you know, that would be great. Little mm-hmm. did I know that as I'm working there as a patent examiner, you're reading all the inventions. Right, you're reading right. everything from <laughs> Apple. <laughs> and after a p- certain point, you know, I just started looking at, you know, all the different patent examiners as you kind of grow. And I didn't want to be a patent and lawyer, you know. So I decided, you know what, this is it. After my years up, um, I wound up getting promoted. And I said I want to get back into software engineering and not lose all my technical skills. Uh-huh. So that's what I did. And then I landed back in New Jersey and worked for uh, a wonderful firm. So when you get your mail, whether it's USPS, UPS, FedEx, uh-huh. I've worked on the code on all those barcodes to get that oh. package to your house. How okay. about that? Yep. When it absolutely has to be there. We'll be back. It with, always arrives. We'll be back with Samantha Urban from Urban Technology, CEO, right after this. Hang on. We are back with Samantha Urban from Urban Translations. Let me get that correct. Uh, the CEO of the company, and we're going through her career. When we last left off, she was uh, helping out uh, with the coding for the USPS. She does all kind of coding. She's a coder at heart, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. A decoder. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, let's follow up with uh, the software coding that you did for... Um, I guess it's Meteorologic Instruments was 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 the firm, right? Yeah, Metrologic, and then uh, they recently be they were bought by Honeywell, so ah, they've definitely expanded and gotten bigger <laughs> since I left. Okay, so after that, then what happened? Yeah, so um, you know when you're in college and everything, they don't tell you everything that you can do with a computer science degree, so you kind of have to figure it out yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. So my thing is, I'm not an introvert. I love coding, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't want to be staring at the screen all day long. I'm an extrovert, mm-hmm. so I was like, what do I do with this computer science degree? And that's when I started doing some research and stumbled upon this company that was working with Facebook. Mm-hmm. They first opened up their API, and they were doing different games. And uh, I saw a Craigslist ad, and they needed a project manager. So I decided to apply, and lo and behold, as I started working with them, it was the best thing I could have done. I realized that being a software engineer, um, coupled with my detail-orientedness and all that kind of uh, qualities of a project manager, was really um, something special. Mm-hmm. So that CEO basically... Um, you know, interviewed me and saw something that I didn't see in myself yet. So he said, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to test you out. You get to see what being a project manager is like. And if you like it, we'll offer you a position here. But in the meantime, keep your day job as a software engineer. And that way, um, you know, we can both test each other out. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a beautiful way of, you know, really kind of coming to terms with, okay, I'm done with this part of my career and I'm ready for a shift. Mm. Um, unfortunately, though, uh, it was two weeks. I was getting ready to go full time with him being a project manager. And he lost all of his funding. He was a startup. And mm. he put $50,000 worth of advertising into Facebook. And unfortunately, he didn't know exactly what was you know going to come of it facebook really wasn't good at advertising back then Mm -hmm. there was no return on investment and their 
investors pulled all their money in one day. Mm. So wow. yeah, yeah, pretty tough. Now yeah. you're learning about entrepreneurship and the pitfalls <laughs> and the yeah. Anyway, yeah, okay. you know, it's, a gold, it's a golden rule, Joe. Those with the gold make the rules. That's right. Exactly. That's There's always clauses. You got to be careful in those yeah. agreements. Yes. So <laughs> read the fine print. Right. <laughs> so I went back to my day job, but I was definitely uh, sad. And then he mm -hmm. reached out to me and he said, "You know what? We have um, one of the number two guys from Facebook flying out to our place in Philadelphia, and why don't you come bring your resume? I'm gonna get a lot of the Philadelphia uh, CEOs." and software engineers coming out. Maybe you can find a new job. Mm -hmm. And that's where everything happened. I go to that event. I go into the elevator. And this wonderful person is in there. And because I'm an extrovert, I'm talking to everybody. And he said um, that he was there to kind of check out what Facebook was doing. And his company was just kind of, you know, starting out with Facebook applications. I said, oh, what do you do? And he said that he was an animator for the company. Well, ba-boom. You know, that's one of my passions. So we kicked it off. And he said, what do you do? And I mentioned I was a software engineer looking for a project manager job. And then, of course... It was like the earth just stopped. And he uh -huh. said, we're looking for a project manager. We exchanged business cards. And uh, a couple days later, the executive secretary of that company sent me an email and said the CEO and CTO want to meet with me. And uh, fast forward to who they are. It was myyearbook.com. Back oh, then, sure. they were the third largest social network. Right behind MySpace was still number one at that time. Facebook was number two, and my yearbook was number three. Huh. And I, uh, you know, had to kind of prove myself. I'd only been a project manager for two weeks of my life, <laughs> but luckily I had a great career already. So um, that whole software engineering background was uh, something that worked out really well with somebody that could understand, okay, we need someone who can really understand when a developer says, this is going to take me five days, when I can tell them, you know what, that's going to take them five hours. Huh, see? <laughs> and did you get to use your people skills as a project manager too? Thankfully, yes. Yeah, I managed probably about 20 people back then. We had a, a good team of developers in-house, about four, to, four graphic designers and, you know, four uh, QA people. So there was a lot of, you know, people to manage. And when you're a project manager, I always like to say you kind of have to wear the therapist hat. You know, people are going to come to you and ask for things and, mm -hmm. you know, make sure that everything is happening like a well-oiled machine. So you have to take into consideration emotions and um, everything on managing that team. So it worked out really well. And I think the good life lesson here is, I mean, even though the company that didn't work out, you maintained a good relationship with that person. Uh, he still had yeah, mutual respect, even though his fund, you know, didn't work out for him financially, but he invited you to this other event, right? And, yeah. And um, so a lot of people may have said, oh, the heck with you. I'm done with this, right? And I'm moving. I don't want anything more to do with you. But obviously, uh, you know, you got to keep all your options open. I guess that's the name of the game and cultivate relationships, right, Richard? I mean, well, yeah, relationships are key. But I mean, you're obviously in an industry um, that's extremely fast moving and ever changing. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you'd ever want to burn bridges when you don't even know what tomorrow is going to bring in terms of... <laughs> Innovation. But I mean, I know, I know of other high-tech firms. I am wearing a shirt right now that a company went out of business in, uh, I, th I guess, 01, you know, and uh, I don't think... I don't you think, bought that shirt in 01? No, I I'm didn't. No, I didn't buy this shirt. It's been... It's a, I wore it for, for Samantha because I thought it would be a I good. thought so. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of a life lesson here, you know, as things don't work I was out. Just, but, I was going to say, Joe, if you bought it in 01, you could get rid of it. I didn't buy it. They, they gave, that's why they're out of business. They gave you free, free lunch, free shirts, free everything they're no they're not around yeah, but you gotta, gotta charge <laughs> things okay anyway uh the, i just i wanted to make that point that you you keep you had kept doors open and it led to uh, greater opportunities even though you know relationships could have very well soured right i mean 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's the whole thing. Actually, the philosophy for our company is we build relationships yeah. because it's the most important thing, whether you're in sales or anything, you know, when you're you're servicing clients or you're working with, with a team, you got to mm-hmm. be building those relationships. And when you move on, I, I tell us all the time when I, you know, um, talk to different young people is make sure that as you're going out through life, um, build those relationships and, and be genuine and also understand what people want. And that way you can always give back or if down the line, you need something, maybe you need a new job. You can reach out to them and they can help you. So mm-hmm. it's definitely important to do that throughout your whole career. It reminds me in sales, they always tell you, even if you can't get a deal with somebody, you say, well, gee, can you recommend two or three other people who may want this uh, service or product, you know, and right? I mean, you just, uh, you keep, you keep digging folks. That's all. Isn't it what Greg Reed talks about digging for gold, Richard? I yeah, actually, know. I presented at Secret Knock on Monday. You did, and you? I know on his first book, he got rejected by 268 publishers before he got published. But is that right? The point is that whole thing is all about getting people together to build really, really unique and and different and strong relationships. Mm-hmm. There you and, go. And it's that simple. Yeah. And it's now basically branded under the ink umbrella. Mm-hmm. So we've attracted a lot of attention. So back to Samantha, we last left off. You were which company we want to? So that was myyearbook.com. Okay. Yep. And then uh, through time, talking about building relationships, that that CEO actually was watching me while I was working for my yearbook, mm-hmm. and eventually he asked me if I want to come back, and he wanted to see if I could make his company and his developers and his development team a well-oiled machine, kind of like my yearbook was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was actually asking people at my yearbook while I was working there, "How's Samantha doing?" Mm-hmm. And just you know, seeing that we were expanding. So my yearbook at the time, when I was working for them for two and a half years, um, pretty much every project on that site went through me. The CEO made sure that I was the project manager on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, therefore, we kind of you know just did a lot of great things and I was a buffer between kind of the executive team and everybody else Mm -hmm. and also all the different projects. So then when he was reaching out, he heard, well, we grew three times our size. She's done this, she's done that. And he was like, I want her back. Mm -hmm. Um, So we eventually talked. And um, at that point I had already had the idea for my company. So I was, you know, kind of resistant because I was definitely going to be doing something on my own eventually. Um, I had just bought a house and I had a wonderful team at my yearbook. And, you know, it's really hard to just go, okay, after two and a half years, I'm going to move on to, to something else. So that was something that I really had to contemplate. So I decided to go on vacation to contemplate that. Mm. Is that when you went to South America? That's when I went to, to St. Thomas, actually. Ah, okay. oh, yeah. nice place. Beautiful this, place. Yeah. So this kind of helped foster the, your next, uh, the next generation of ideas for you, right, uh, for your own entrepreneur. Entrepreneurial right. uh, venture, so <laughs> I think we should leave that for the rest. Of- so let's let's finish up with us. This is, we're talking Stuzo now, right? Uh, with this other. Correct. Okay, so you you were you went to St. Thomas to contemplate the next whether you were going to stay with them or start a new venture or. Well, it was um, whether or not I was going to stay at my yearbook and continue forth or move on to Stuzo and kind of help out their team. Ah. So that was that was what I was doing in St. Thomas and just had the, the realization that, you know, it was time for me to, you know, make another step in my career. And that's where I had that realization and was in a really good place to do that. So then you did move to, to over to Stuzo. I right? did, yeah. And, and what did you do for them? So at first I was a, the senior project manager helping them out. Mm-hmm. And they were working with um, some big accounts at that point. So he grew the company back up. And he realized something about Facebook that I don't think Facebook realized in the very beginning. It was going to be all about brands. Mm. So he moved away from games and he went into different applications on Facebook that would be more like contests mm-hmm. and sweepstakes and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it really was the big winner because then he had Doritos as a client, HBO, and all kinds of wonderful well, things like that. Fortune 500 companies exactly. right, at that point. So, wow. Well, this is fascinating. We'll get back to Samantha Urban from Urban Translations, the CEO, of course, right after this. Hang on.
We're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is the time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. Oh, my. It's, that's a Dick Enberg line, Joe. It's time to thank our sponsors. <laughs> Couldn't do the show without UBS. Michael Caronta and Drew Friedis with UBS. Really appreciate what UBS does for us. That was a great show about Brexit, too, yes, by the way. Yes, David Lef Lefkowitz. That attracted a lot of attention. The CFA, yes. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet, Jason Kruger, CPA with Signature Analytics, a great CFO firm, also more traditional CPAs up in San Marcos, California, Polito Epic, Don Epic, and Paul Polito. Our great friend, Joel Grushkin, with Cost Segregation Initiatives, mm -hmm. helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Now, with all this money these sponsors help you make. How about Brenda Geiger with the Geiger Law Office? Brenda specializes in asset protection and estate planning. It's really good to protect your assets, Joe. Mm -hmm. California Republic Bank. Lane Elliott, Sean Pucklet, Puckett, a really neat niche market bank that serves wealthy families and family offices out of Orange County. We now have a UTC branch here in San Diego for California Republic Bank. Also, Hub International, formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance, an incredible employee benefits firm. And of course, that's a very interesting area right now as the healthcare reform continues to be implemented. The LG Experience and the Lombardi Group helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Also, Paul Hines, CEO of Hearthstone, private wealth management. And Paul, of course, heads up the senior safeandsound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial elder abuse. Our Favorite mortgage broker. Interest rates are still low. Looks like it's going to stay that way for a while with worldwide credit. That would be Mr. Nathan Watkins if you're buying or refinancing. Nathan Watkins with worldwide credits. And I'm getting hungry just listing all these sponsors, Joe. So if I'm getting hungry, where can I go? Well, another great sponsor is Lestat's Coffee Houses, uh, the original in Normal Heights, the second one on University Heights, and the third one about to open on University in Hillcrest, and it's going to be a nice big big store, I think about 100 seats. Uh, are, they, are they letting us know when that's going to open yet? Uh, I believe within the next couple of weeks. Cool. So they're just waiting for some uh, some inspections to get wrapped up, and then that'll happen. Good stuff. Yeah, they're open 24-7, 365. Of course, uh, everything is made on site, fresh and uh, delicious. And, and uh, let's see, also the Berry Good Food Foundation, Michelle Lyrac, and all the great work that they do on behalf of foodies. Uh, we're going to, in addition to the annual Berry Good Night dinner that we broadcast from, uh, there's uh, four other shows, I think, uh, that, that we do with We uh, do, and a know. big thanks to Michelle's mom, Hannah, for getting my All-Star Game tickets arranged. Absolutely. And you're helping that too, Joe. Absolutely. And Richard, if anyone wants to find out more about our sponsors, they just have to get over to iymoney.com. There's a drop-down menu at the top of the page that says Sponsors, and you can learn all about the all, any or all of them. Their contact information is there, their bio is there, everything, and they know uh, they, most of them, I think all of them, have been working with Richard for many, many years with great success. In some cases, 30 years, except <laughs> the younger folks who, well, haven't been in business quite so long. There you go. But anyway, back with CEO Samantha Urban, um, I want to get into her current venture. Uh, did we wrap up that? I guess you, you took another trip, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Should we start with that? I know you had great success with, with Stuzo, and I guess uh, at what point did you, I guess, decide that, um, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to branch out and be an entrepreneur? Yeah, um, well, it already kind of happened. Uh, mm -hmm. Behind the scenes, I was working on Urban Translations, so I already had the idea at that point, and then it was just a matter of when was I going to, you know, break off and be full-time on my own. Mm. And, you know, during that that tenure, uh, one of the things that the CEO had said to me is like, Samantha, you can sell software to anyone. 
And then he moved me into being a director of sales and marketing for the company. Mm. And then as we kind of, you know, went along, I brought on DreamWorks, Coach, and a couple other, you know, wonderful clients, mm -hmm. which is not bad. Yeah. And then um, around the time that Buddy Media was looking to be bought, uh, that was when he was like, you know, maybe it's, it's my time to, to sell the company as well. And he did. Um, so then that was as soon as his company was bought, um, I, I decided not to, to move on. There mm -hmm. were, um, you know, different conflicts of interest there for, for me to have my company and to work for him. So uh, that's when it was, you know, loud and clear. The universe has said, you know, Samantha, go on. Go forth. But, so, so you decided to become an entrepreneur and work many, many more hours and make a lot less money, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, but it's all about problems and solutions. So you you confronted a problem uh, that irritated you and you developed a solution. So do you want to tell us about that experience? And, Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so it was when I was working at my yearbook, I actually went down to Brazil. Joe or Richard, have you guys been down there? I haven't. I and I am not going to the Olympics, just for the record. <laughs> yeah, I would not either. It's going to be very crowded. <laughs> Uh, but I definitely recommend it. Rio de Janeiro, beautiful, beautiful mm -hmm. city. Uh, mm -hmm. It's actually the number one uh, city down there that that's, you know, most traveled. So uh, I went with my friend and little did we know that, of course, uh, you know, one, you need a visa to get down there. We didn't realize that until after we booked the tickets. That was fun <laughs> to find out. And the, the secondary thing we found out is nobody speaks English. <laughs> so uh, we go down there and it's absolutely beautiful, but we're, we're hungry, of course. And we go to different places, whether it's fine dining, uh, fast food, restaurants near the beach. The servers come up to you and they all speak Portuguese. Mm. They hand you a paper menu. It's all in Portuguese. And then you ask them English. No. And, and do you eat meat? I'm just curious. And my, well, I do, but my friend does not. But She's a vegetarian. Say, there's, like, there's like pork in every dish. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They, they pork, love meat down there, yeah. that's pork for sure. Beef, pork or beef, you know. But yeah. Um, yeah. interesting. So uh, you got frustrated, and what did you decide? Well, what we decided to do <laughs> after going into all these different places. By the way, how did you, get, how did you survive? I mean, with food-wise, you must have gone to the store and bought yogurt or something. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't survive too well. We, we basically walked out of 11 restaurants in six days. So that was pretty significant. Isn't that something? The, the way around it is uh, you can go into different supermarkets and you can kind of look at packaging and then identify, okay, this is what broccoli is, <laughs> you know. And then, you know, if you can imagine trying to remember all those words right. and, and everything, that's not really going to be effective. Um, so then that brought us to being out our own hotel eating food in our hotel and that's not really the true cultural experience of going to another country sure so right. that yeah. that's basically where my passion is is i want everyone to be able to travel freely and you know not worry about language barriers i, I want people to experience you know tokyo for example and not have to feel you know um i guess you know nervous inside to be able to travel there because they're not going to be able to speak the language and, and get around and, and it is difficult whether it's in brazil or japan mm -hmm. um so that's when you know i kind of had the revolutionary moment when we flew back to the u.s we were obviously starving <laughs> and we went to our first restaurant and the server comes over and we have the same experience but this time of course he's american hands us the paper menu we give him our order and that's when it dawns on me he goes back to the point of sale system puts our order in, and I said, why can't he just bring me a mobile version of mm -hmm. his point-of-sale system? So if I'm in Brazil or France or Tokyo, I can press English and order everything exactly as I want because I'm very picky. Mm -hmm. And the big kicker is that it goes back to the kitchen in the native language Ah, yeah, that's really problematic in Tokyo because if you don't know what you're ordering, you can wind up with some really interesting things on your plate. Well, that is <laughs> that's very true. How about the street markets? Even more so. I mean, you got to be. I don't think you. You know, that, have an advance to that. But a lot of these, a lot of these cities have street markets, right? So. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe that's the next big thing you can tackle. I don't know how, how that would work. But, oh, yeah. Just uh, put a tablet at the station. 
and uh, have people come up to it. We've actually done that at Balboa. Um, they have the farmers markets and things here. Or? In Balboa, they have the the Christmas one. Um, which one is oh, that? Oh, December nights. December nights. Yeah, we yeah, actually December did it for nights. December nights, yeah. and that worked out really well. We oh. actually increased somebody's sale by three hundred percent. How about that? And all we did is, you know, you have a tablet at the station, and people, you know, they gravitate towards them. And so that's pretty much, you know, what our concept is. And, you know, obviously you heard it came from the restaurant industry, but because I am a software engineer, you know, I know how to build software right. And I thought of it more as a platform. So it doesn't really matter what vertical, what industry, whether it's, you know, hospitality industry and it's restaurants, hotels, resorts, casinos, um, nightclubs, all that. Um, or it could be a different industry. But right now we're, we're very focused on our niche, which is resorts and casinos. And that's where we're doing so, really well so right I've now. So you've got your new marketing slow. You could be Dr. Urban and say, take this tab and call me in the morning. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty not bad, huh, Richard? That's pretty good on the spur of the moment, Jeff. <laughs> we were thinking about that all week. No, I, I just thought of it now, actually. Did. But um, so tell us about Urban Translations and 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 the ex, the expansion and the and the and the operation. Yeah, it's, so it's pretty exciting. Yeah, over time, you know, we did some beta launches and you know, kind of really found where our, our niche is. Mm -hmm. So you guys probably know, you know, restaurants, you know, it's, it's challenging. Their margins aren't as high. It's it's harder for them to conceptualize mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. the the price of the tablets and everything is going to you know have a return, but it really does. Yeah, their perception is that's an expense as opposed to looking at it as an investment. Exactly, and yeah. then within three to four months, they're actually going to be making so much money off of, off of our system, it pays itself off, and then they're just making money mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, so with Urban Translations, we, we don't just give them our software and walk away. We know that every restaurant or hotel is going to be different. Mm -hmm. So we actually have, you know, four parts. We have the guest-facing software, which is on the tablets, mm -hmm. where guests can order anything. Then we also have the back end where the different, um, you know, owners, the operators, uh, and everything, director of operations, the chefs, they can actually log in. And let's say they run out of a bottle of wine during the night. They can log in 24 hours, click one button, it disables it, and then every single guest can actually order and they know that, you know, whatever is on there is going to be accurate and available. Mm. So there's no disappointments. Mm. And then let's say the next day they get that bottle of wine in, they can go ahead and log on to that web-based admin, click one button, and now that wine bottle is now back on the menu. Very simple, uh -huh. very easy. How about that? We're going to take a break. We'll bring it in more of those four parts and everything else you're doing. Samantha Urban, CEO of Urban Translations, right after this. Hang on. <laughs> Samantha Urban, Urban Translations in Hawaii Five O. Hey, have you been over to Hawaii? Samantha? I have actually. <laughs> That's this is a, actually it's the most beautiful place I've been. I mean, there's hotels there, right? I mean, we're gonna get some tablets well, over there. It's a multicultural place, Joe. Yeah. There are so many languages being spoken in I Waikiki. Know. It's beyond belief. They definitely need Japanese over there, right? Yes, not they do. To, not to mention the native tongue of uh, what? What is the native tongue? Is it, is it Hawaiian? The language? I guess it is, huh? That there, right. there's a native Hawaiian, right? Um, but you don't hear it very often. But we can get that translated with Samantha here. Yes, we can. <laughs> we can handle any language. But um, I, you have a lot of great awards and, and recognitions here, but uh, I wanted to get into those, uh, those last two aspects of what Urban Translations uh, does, the analytics and consulting part. Do you want to tell us about that? Sure. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned, you know, we, we basically know that you know, every resort is going to be different, you know, mm -hmm. whether you're on the East Coast, West Coast, or you're, on, you're both on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. um, so our big thing that our team does, you know, we have a, a lot of people with analytical backgrounds, 
um, we're basically looking at every single thing that a guest is touching on the tablet. So we're, we're taking all those analytics. And of course, we're going to give those to our clients because those are going to be very valuable. But as you can imagine, a, a director of operations for a hotel is going to be super busy. So what we do on a, a either monthly or quarterly basis is we go over those analytics with them. So that way, you know, we can also show them, you know, we're seeing these trends and how your guests are ordering, maybe from, you know, Monday through Wednesday, everybody's looking at a certain menu item, but nobody's ordering it. Then we can go ahead and give them recommendations on, you know, how to basically push that product a little bit better. Mm. And so that's what our team does is really making sure that, you know, our clients are getting the most out of our system, getting the most return on investment and just making tons of money off of it. Mm. So you can basically track anything that the concierge touches, so to speak? Basically, yeah. For um, when we do the in-room tablets, think of it as a digital concierge, mm -hmm. you know, everything that they offer. Um, some of our clients, for example, we have uh, integrations with Cirque du Soleil so they can do ticket sales. Yeah, I mean, tickets, tours, like excursions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. You name it, it's pretty much limitless. And of course, recommendations. I mean, people like to explore a city, whether it's museums or, or restaurants, of course, or any other sites of points of interest uh, that, that they need to see. And uh, you can promote those, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it, it could be stuff where our clients actually say what they want to be promoted. So if they have a, a great partnership with, you know, a golf resort, for example, we're going to promote that because that's what our client wants. So mm -hmm. that's, you know, in those conversations, we can basically extract everything that's going to be the most powerful for them mm -hmm. and put it into our system. Now, I had some friends go to Las Vegas, and they said they were opening and closing the curtains with the tablet. Does yours do that, yeah, too? Yeah, we can do that as oh well. <laughs> yeah, I've done that before. He said he was dead. So he, he was loving opening and closing the curtains. And, <laughs> isn't that ridiculous? I mean, and of course, you can order dry cleaning or whatever you need on this thing, right? Exactly. Room service, spa reservations, you name it. Oh, that's another good one, huh, Richard? Spa reservations. Yeah, spa reservations. Surprise that? your wife. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So the consulting part, you, you address that. I guess what, you take the analytics and then help you 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 help the companies uh, drive more sales or, or promotions, uh, depending upon what you're reading out on your your material, right? Exactly. Or, or even if it's informational, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes they want to you know highlight their chef, or if they have you know any other wonderful employee, we can put informational content on there just as well as the the profit driving stuff. Mm -hmm. So overly broad question, but how, by by about how much in terms of a percentage does business increase? Oh, significantly. So, for example, room service sales, um, usually about 21%, plus they're actually getting a higher average on that ticket. Sure, of course. So 16% average uh, more on how much is actually, you know, the total room service sale, mm -hmm. and then 21% more sales. It's just, you know, as you can tell, lots of money. Yeah, mm -hmm. exponential. Yep. And, of course, as, uh, as you scale the purchase of the tablets, I guess you can drive costs down on that as well, right, for, uh, for clients? Exactly. And we, we have a couple uh, partnerships with different tablet manufacturers, and we're actually um, doing some bigger, better things because as we expand, we can help them, mm -hmm. you know, get more tablets out into the world. So tell us what cities are you mostly operating in and where do you think, you, where do you see yourself headed? Yeah, great question. Mm. Uh, primarily Vegas is uh, our big one right now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the hospitality mecca for the U.S. Mm -hmm. And it's also a really good um, advantageous thing to think about because if you want to go international, it's a way of going international fast. Right. You know, these big properties, they have, you know, other locations, whether it's in Macau or, um, you know, the Caribbean and stuff like that. So that's a, a nice way for us to expand. And they have an international um, guest base as well. I mean, exactly. people, people come from all over to go to Las Vegas. So so yeah. anyway, from Vegas and what, uh, what yeah, else? Yeah, and then all the way, you know, expanding to the East Coast is where, you know, I started the company. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of our big ones right now, uh, we have Foxwoods Resort, which is the number one resort casino on the East Coast. Um, mm -hmm. So with that, you know, we're getting into the Indian gaming uh, casinos and then we're going to work our way into California and really expand in California because of Foxwoods. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's going to be a good leveraging point for our team. Outstanding. Joe, we wanted to talk about awards. 
Yes, we did. Well, Samantha. <laughs> well, Samantha does not. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, Samantha. I, I know that she's spoken bef uh, spoken to groups, and she's been a judge. And uh, I know Connect has given her a big award. Tell us. I, I guess you went over there to pitch, and it was kind of a casual thing. And the next thing you know, you you kind of won this big award. You want to tell us that, how that? Oh went? yes, yeah. <laughs> when uh, we we moved the company down to San Diego, I kind of want to you know check out what's going on with technology, startups, and everything. And I, I saw different incubators, and I said, you know what, we've never been in a tech incubator before. Let's just go ahead and do this. Mm -hmm. So it's always whenever you really are just, I don't care if it happens, yeah. yes or no. Um, that's when it, everything happens beautifully, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I put my name in the hat and put in the application. And then you have to pitch in front of all the different executives of Qualcomm and you know all the other wonderful tech co companies over here. Mm -hmm. And then you have to get past that panel in order to get in. Mm -hmm. And then once you get in, you're in the incubator itself, mm -hmm. um, which is wonderful because Connect has a, a lot of different, you know, people in their network, mm -hmm. and it's a good networking tool for different CEOs if they leverage it properly. Mm -hmm. And so we got in, and we went through the whole program, and we wound up winning the capital competition at the end. There you go. And that was what year? That was... Uh, that was uh, 2013 into 2014. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're a judge yes. of, of a hackathon, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the women's hackathon. Yeah. It's um, at Cal State uh, San Marcos, usually twice a year. Uh -huh. And I actually just did the one in April and the one last year in October. And it's great because now they're opening it up to high school students as well. Mm. And these girls are just young and wonderful, and they have the, the skill set to do it. So... Um, it's been a great experience, and I know Sony sponsored us last time, so we were able to have a, a wonderful event afterwards where so, so, I was there as well. So is a hackathon a comp for, for our listeners who may not know? A hackathon, is that a competition, or is there teams that have to figure out a problem or how to solve a problem, or how yep. does it work? Exactly. So there's two different tracks. Um, there's, you know, one uh, different type of project is another problem solution. Mm -hmm. And you have to either build a website, an application. Um, you can do a mobile app as well, a game, and mm -hmm. you have one day to do it. So these girls uh, form teams of anywhere from three to at most seven. You don't want a huge team. Otherwise, it can mm -hmm. get uh, mm -hmm. a little crazy to try to manage that in one day. Mm -hmm. And they just sit down and they are just hacking away, whether it's uh, creating the design for the website, everything from scratch, and then pulling it all together. And then around, I'd say about six o'clock at night, they have to submit everything. Mm -hmm. Then us judges come and then we get to um, go around and see exactly what they've created all day. And uh, these girls, you know, it's surprising, but they can actually pull off a full website and a full um game or app in one day. Huh. How about that? Because everyone thinks hackathon, you're hacking into some database or, you know, doing something illegal. It's not like that at all, is not it? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> this is for the greater good. Now, I don't know what Mark Zuckerberg was up to in his hackathons. That might have been a little different. I, right? I don't know. What they, what, the Facebook? Well, I mean, what were, they, what were they doing there? I mean, <laughs> do we know? We no. do not know. <laughs> <laughs> It is getting the security. I mean, it's, Joe, what uh, happens at the hackathon stays at the I, hackathon. It might be off topic. <laughs> it might be off topic a little bit, but uh, this whole, the whole security in cyberspace now is a kind of a it's a concern, isn't it out there? I mean, there's a lot of uh, ripoffs going on in the financial world via computer, right? And um, it's big business, Joe. But I know it's not really you know it's terrible. It may not be your uh, your bailiwick, Samantha, but that's another solution that uh, that needs uh, a problem that needs a solution. I think, right? Yeah, well, everything needs to be secure. That's yeah. a big thing. You know, even with us with, you know, the hospitality world, we need to make sure that everything that's being sent to their systems are, you know, being oh. handled in a certain way because you don't want anyone to jump onto a system and be able to, to hack through it. So right. it's important for every company, honestly. I mean, transactions, and you got a lot of corporate accounts going through Las Vegas. I mean, you really have to, uh, you know, that, that is a concern. So, um so there you have it. But uh, any other awards? Capital competition winner? Uh, I know that uh, 
EIR that you became an entrepreneur in residence uh, and, not, and they made you a business advisor, right? They it, did. Yeah. Full circle. <laughs> she goes in to pitch him. Next thing you know, uh, she's working for him. What can you help us with? Yeah. <laughs> did we uh, give out the website, Joe? We should. It's urban-translations. That's right. Urban, the hyphen is important. Urban-urban-translations because somebody's squatting on the other one and we're going to get after them too. So, But anyway, CEO Samantha Urban, thanks so much for thanks, being Samantha. on. Thanks, Samantha. Really Thank appreciate Thank you for having it. me. Richard, great seeing you. Richard Musio, CPA. Also, uh, Justin Hart, our board operator. Thanks for making it sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blanke, our account executive. Andrew Dave Sniff, our programming genius here at KFMB. All these podcasts are commercial-free on iwaymoney.com. You have a great week, everybody. See you next time. Bye-bye now.